Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Come on, come on, come on. Well, it's so good to see you. We're all snuggled up in here tight. Come on, all snuggled, just packed in tight. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm glad we like each other. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to two places. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 3 and then mark that spot and then turn to Luke chapter 23. We'll spend most of our time in the Gospel of Luke, but I want to read out of those two passages. And the theme for this weekend, and we've celebrated all day yesterday, had thousands of people come through, and today is no different. Our theme for today is best day ever. Somebody say best day ever. Okay, now let me ask you this question. If you were to do a little inventory of your life and you were to record your top five days, all time, what would make the list? Okay, scroll through your mind right now. Do a little history. I know some of you have more mileage than others. You've got more to choose from. But of all of your days, of all of your moments, all of your experiences, what would you categorize as your best days ever? Top five. Top five. How many of you remember the day you got your driver's license? That was a pretty good day. Yeah, y'all pray for us because my 16-year-old got her driver's license last week. Better yet, y'all pray for yourselves, okay? <laughs> what about graduation? How many members that day? That was a pretty good day. Yeah, some of you graduated high school or college. Remember walking across that platform with such a sense of accomplishment? Some of you graduated magna cum laude. Some of you graduated summa cum laude. Some of you just graduated, thank you, dear laude. (laughs) How many married folk do we have in the house? Okay, hopefully on your top five, mm, come on, was the day you got married. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Mm, Some of you are saved. How many of you are saved? You're single. You're searching. Come on, it's a great place, man. If you want to find the right person, you got to look in the right place. July 27th, 1996, almost 23 years ago, right here in this church, I married that girl, and that was her best day ever. Uh, It was a pretty good day for me, too. Um, How many of you have children? You remember the day that your first child was born? Maybe that was your best day. One of your top five is when your first child was born. Maybe it's when your last child leaves the house. Come on, somebody. That may be your best day. Maybe it was when you got your dream job after all of the years of of schooling and preparation and working jobs that you didn't necessarily like when you landed that dream job. Or maybe you you got that promotion or, or you got that pay scale that just opened up a whole new world for you. I asked my son the other day, I said, son, he's 11, Trevor, what's your best day ever? He said, dad, it was when LSU won the national championship. We need a few more good days. Come on, somebody. You know, sometimes there's a thin line between your best day and your worst day. 
um, several weeks ago, I went to the bank and I was running some errands and paying bills and I was paying our mortgage. So I went to the bank and when I walked into the lobby, I actually saw a Healing Place member. And so we started talking and then I went up to the counter and I'd written a check and I told the lady behind the desk, I said, hey, I'm, I'm here to pay a bill and pay my mortgage. I gave her my money. Well, she took it and went to the back and then she came up front and she said, I don't know how to explain this to you, but you have zero balance on your mortgage. It is paid off. Come on, somebody say best day ever. And then she said, April Fools. <laughs> that girl got me. I didn't even realize it was April 1st. I had totally forgotten. So you know what I did? I get in the car and I text Rachel. I'm like, babe. You're not going to believe this. She said, what? I said, I went to pay our mortgage today, and the lady told me our balance was paid off. Somebody has completely paid off our house. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's true. Did she not tell me that? I ain't lying. So I sent her that text. She calls me immediately, and she's like, babe. <laughs> I am just driving down the road right now praising Jesus. Oh, God is so good. <laughs> I just been, I knew it. I just knew I have been praying and claiming and believing. And I've already thought about all the ways we can use that extra money for the kingdom. I mean, no, her heart's pure. My heart's evil. I said, babe, April fools. She said, what? How many know that went from best day ever to worst day ever? She said, that's so wrong. I mean, you know how I've been believing. Somebody is going to pay off our mortgage. I said, baby, that somebody's me. <laughs> it's going to take me about 30 years, but we're going to get there. You know, the best day ever in all of human history, it had to be Resurrection Sunday. It had to be that morning when, when Martha went in the early hours to the tomb. I mean, you think about Friday, what had happened, and the atrocity, the brutality, the torture, the murder of Jesus, and then three days later, when Mary goes to the tomb, she finds it empty. What did she see? She saw nothing, but yet she saw everything. You know, for some of us to experience our best day ever, we have to go through our worst days ever. How many of you got some dark days? some difficult days, maybe some things in your past. If you were to make a list of your worst days, maybe your worst days would far exceed your best days. I want to start in Genesis chapter 3. Before we can celebrate the best day ever, we have to look at the worst day in human history in Genesis chapter 3. And many of you know Adam and Eve in the garden. The Bible says God had placed them in perfect paradise, in sinless perfection. They had unbroken fellowship with their creator. But here comes the serpent, and the serpent deceives Eve, and Adam willfully disobeys. And out of that disobedience, look at what the Bible says in verse 22. Then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become just like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they'll live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the garden 
of Eden. I want you to underline that phrase in your Bible or circle that. I want you to see the consequences of that original sin. The Bible says God had to kick them out of paradise. He banished them from the garden and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? You see, that's probably the worst day in human history. I want you to consider what Adam lost. Some of you have have had tremendous loss in your life, and you know the pain of having something or someone that you love being torn away from you. Here, Adam lost paradise. He, He lost blessing. He lost favor. Ultimately, he lost his connection with Almighty God. And that was the worst day ever. And from that worst day, every other bad day in history can be connected to. I want you to consider that. From that time forward, our world has known violence. Did you wake up this morning and see the news? What's happening in Sri Lanka as Christian churches are being attacked and burned? I mean, hatred and animosity and strife, sickness and disease and heartache, all stems from this worst day ever. Maybe some of you are here today, and when it comes to your worst days, you don't have to reach far back. Maybe it's fresh. Maybe there are parents here, and you've lost a child. Unbearable, unspeakable Pain. Maybe it was in a car accident, or maybe it was an overdose, or maybe it was even suicide. Maybe they took their own life. And it's unthinkable the pain that you carry, but that worst day has followed you every day since. Maybe some of you have lost your marriage. Years ago, you said, I do, and you thought it was forever. And your plan was to live happily ever after. But somebody stole the happy ending in your life and you want it back. Maybe you got a bad doctor's report. One visit to the doctor and your whole world has been turned upside down. Maybe it's the words cancer or terminal. You intended growing up and growing old, watching your kids and and helping enjoy your grandkids, and now the thought haunts you that you will never live to see that day. Maybe it was abuse. Maybe you were mishandled as a child. Maybe it was at the hand of a family member or a close friend, and you were physically abused, verbally abused, even sexually abused. Maybe your pain has been so great that it's been one addiction after another. You've tried to medicate so the pain will go away, and now your life is filled with bondage and darkness. Maybe it's financial disaster and total economic ruin. You had planned on on security in your future, and now all hope is gone, and you don't know what your next day holds. Maybe a friend betrayed you. Somebody that you trusted stabbed you in the back, and now your circle of trust is so small. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Day after day after day. Maybe it's depression. Maybe there's such a cloud of darkness that hangs over you, and it's hard for you to celebrate the best day ever because you're in the middle of your worst moments. I want you to know that all the darkness in this world, it stems back from that original day in the garden. Some of you, it's been so bad for so long, days have turned into weeks, weeks have turned into months. 
and months have turned into years, and now you identify with your worst days, your worst experiences. I want you to know you are not your worst moment. Can I have a good amen? Maybe you did what they said you did, but you aren't who they say you are. You see, the hope of Easter is that Jesus would step into our worst to give us God's best. Can I have a good amen? You know, how do you get from your worst days into your best days? Well, in Luke chapter 23, I want to read to you some verses out of one of the final moments in the life of Jesus. All the Gospels talk about it, but only the Gospel of Luke records a specific conversation. I want to show you how Jesus can take you from your worst and bring you to God's best. The Scripture says that Jesus hung on a cross between two thieves. And it's interesting how the Romans, I feel like it was a calculated insult because Jesus was said to be a king and he was a threat to the Roman Empire. The religious leaders wanted to to, to destroy the man and end the message. And so they had him hung between two failures, two criminals. And I don't think it was by accident. It was was in order to send a message to everybody of that day. And look with me in Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 39. The Bible says one of the criminals was hanging right beside Jesus. I want you to see where he was, right next to Jesus, and this is what he said. So, you're the Messiah, are you? Well, prove it by saving yourself and save us too while you're at it. Now, where was this criminal positioned? Right beside the Lord. Can I tell you this? You can be so close to Jesus and still miss him completely. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about proximity. I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about religiosity. I'm not talking about good deeds. And thank God for all of that. But you know, he was so close to Jesus and yet miles away from him. How many remember growing up playing the game hot-cold? Remember the hot or cold game? Some of you will play that this weekend with your kids or your grandkids. You'll hide Easter eggs. and It's hidden somewhere, and they're searching for something they're trying to find. And if they're far away from it, what do we tell them? Cold, colder, frigid, iceberg. Okay, turn around then. That tells them, okay, now you're getting warmer, warmer. Ooh, you're getting hot. You're on fire. In fuego, you're burning. You're right next to it. Here this first criminal was so close to Jesus, yet so far away from him. But look at the second criminal. The Bible says in verse 40, but the other criminal protested. Oh, wait a second. Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. See, watch this. Both of them turned their heads to Jesus, but only one of them turn their heart to Jesus. There's a difference between your head and your heart. This second criminal says something that I think is so profound. He lays out the simplicity and the power of the gospel message. He says, whoa, whoa, time out. Don't you fear God? What was he doing? He was acknowledging the Lord even in his worst moment. Can I tell you this? You may be at the darkest, lowest point in your life, But how do things turn around? It starts by acknowledging God. You see, the first criminal said, if you were God, 
I wouldn't be in this situation. But the second criminal says, because you are God, you can help me out of this situation. Do you see the difference? You see, for some of you, life transformation is so small, it's the difference of 18 inches. It's the difference from your head to your heart. You see, it's not about what we do that earns us access into the kingdom, but it's simply a personal relationship with Jesus. This second criminal, he says, don't you fear God? We deserve the punishment we're getting. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've messed up. Now, let me ask you this. Why is it easy for us to notice the sins of others, but it's hard for us to recognize sin in our own life? Isn't it difficult sometimes to say, I was wrong? Turn to your neighbor and say, I was totally wrong. Yeah, didn't that feel awkward? You're thinking, why am I apologizing? I didn't do anything. Yeah, See, the truth is sometimes we don't feel like we need to apologize. But you and I, from the worst day ever back in the Garden of Eden until now, we've been born into sin. We are bent toward sin. And this second criminal realized, hey, I'm a sinner and I need help. And then he says, this man Jesus has done nothing wrong. What's he saying? Lord, your innocence can take care of my guilt. Now, now look at what he says. I, I, I love this, verse 42. Then he turned to Jesus and he says this, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. It wasn't a fancy prayer. He didn't even have knowledge of the scriptures. Didn't even have a chance to go to church or do any good deeds. Never gave in the offering plate when it came by. But he prayed a simple prayer. Lord, would you just remember me? God, don't forget about me. When you get to where you're going, take me with you. Come on, somebody. He's saying, Jesus, since you came where I am, can I go to where you're going? I love that. Uh, This is a powerful statement. Now, think about it. What he's saying is, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Nobody had ever survived Roman crucifixion. Any man who hung on a cross would die. And this criminal recognized that Jesus was about to die, but he believed that Jesus would rise again. And when you get into that place, your kingdom, please don't forget about me. How many of you want Jesus to remember you? Lord, I'm not, I'm not always sure what the future holds, but I'm convinced in who holds my future. Take me wherever you're going. Now, look at what Jesus says. In one simple verse, he gives us four powerful thoughts. Verse 43, and Jesus replied, I assure you. Somebody say, I assure you. What is that? Jesus is making a promise. Is he not? He's saying, I promise you. Now, hear me, church. Hear this. Your worst day with a promise is better than your best day without a promise. Your best days doing everything else under the sun apart from Jesus pale in comparison to the the, the daily grind, whatever your battle is, but you got to hold on to hope. You've got a promise in him. He says, I assure you, this tells me we can know where we're going. We don't have to be afraid of the future. You don't have to be afraid of what's happening when you die because you know what's on the other side. Jesus says, I promise you, Today, somebody say today. You see, that promise wasn't delayed, but it was prompt. 
It was right on time. He didn't have to do penance. He, didn't, he wasn't going to stay in purgatory. There wasn't any reincarnation. Jesus wasn't calling a timeout. He says, today. And that's good news because the thief didn't have much time. But Jesus didn't need much time. Here's what I love about forgiveness. Forgiveness is instant. When you confess your sin, forgiveness meets you at the door. Can I have a good amen? You don't have to wonder where you stand. You don't have to wrestle with guilt. He says, I promise you today, you will be with me. Somebody say presence. It's the presence of Jesus. He says, you know what? Come on. You're going to be with me. Now think about this. Where was Jesus going? He was going to paradise. Check this out. The very first person after Jesus defeated the cross, the very first person he took with him to paradise was this criminal. Don't you love that about Jesus? Don't you love that about the gospel? The gospel is for everyone. It's not just the who's who of the Christian zoo. Come on, somebody. Think about it. Who's in paradise at this moment? All the saints of old who died. That means Moses was there. Abraham was there. Isaac was there. Jacob was there. Elijah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all the prophets. Even King David was in paradise. And this just so happens. Jesus walks into paradise this day with a criminal on his arm. And Abraham looks up. I can just see it. Abraham looks up and says, hey, Jesus, who you got there? And Jesus said, I just met him on my way to the party. And I felt like he needed to come with me. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been in a room and you thought, how in the world did I get in here? What am I doing here? And you know the only reason you're in that room is not because of you, but because of who you're with. You see, Jesus had done all the work necessary. This criminal had no resume. He only had a rap sheet. And I'm telling you, if anybody was surprised to be in paradise, it had to be the criminal. Do you know what? When we get to heaven, you're gonna, three things are going to surprise you. When we get to heaven, you'll be surprised who's there. Come on now. You'll be surprised who's not there, and you'll be surprised that you're there. Come on, somebody. Arm in arm with Jesus, here comes this criminal, and he's stepping into paradise. Now think about it. The worst day ever we just read about. What happened in that paradise called Eden? Adam got kicked out. Watch this. Adam's day started in paradise but ended in punishment. This criminal's day started in punishment but, oh, come on now, but ended in paradise. You see, God had to look at Adam thousands of years prior and say, you got to go. But then because of the cross, Jesus looks at this criminal and says, come on in, baby. Come, you're with me. And let me tell you, Jesus knows how to throw a party. Oh, I love this. I love this. You see, Jesus is for you. The whole message of Easter, and I want you to hear me. The message of Easter, God is not against you. He is for you. Now, you may have people come against you and circumstances come against you, but the God who loves you sent Jesus as a message to remind you that he's for you. And if he's for you, it doesn't matter what comes against you. 
Jesus said, you're with me, then you're in. Come on, are you with me? You know, I read this study recently, and I want to wrap this up and ask the band to get ready to help me. A study that said every single day, the average person makes 70 conscious decisions. I want you to think about this. 70 conscious decisions you'll make each and every day. Now, a lot of things we do out of habit, some things we do out of routine, but you're going to make 70 conscious choices today. Over a year, that's 25,550 decisions. If you live to be 75 years of age, that's 1.9 million choices you'll make in your lifetime. And yet this criminal, this second thief on the cross, had made a lifetime of bad choices. And I wonder if his parents were there stationed at the cross the day that he was crucified. And I wonder what thoughts rolled through their mind. I wonder if they were just heartbroken, just disappointed. They felt like failures. They, They see this tragic scene as his life ends in, in, in such a painful, disappointing way. And I wonder if they ever heard the conversation between their son and Jesus. I wonder, did they hear Jesus turn to him and say, I promise you, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Some of you have children who are making bad choices. Don't give up on those kids. Don't give up on your prodigal son or your prodigal daughter. Because as long as there is breath, there is hope. Come on, are you with me? You see, in spite of all of your bad decisions, one good decision can cancel 10,000 bad ones. You can go from your worst day ever to your best day ever in one simple choice. And it's simply saying yes to Jesus. You say, Mike, you mean if to tell me if I, if I say yes to Jesus, I'll never have another bad day? No, I'm not saying that. But here's what I am saying. You'll never have another bad day alone. You'll have the strength and help you need to make it through your worst days. You know, Rachel and I received an email from one of the ladies of this church this week. She said when she was seven, eight years old, she had an awareness of God. She, she, she knew about God, but didn't have a relationship with him. Her dad was a, 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 a drug addict, just hooked on drugs, in and out of jail. Things were crazy at her house. She had so much pain growing up as a girl that she turned to a lifestyle of drug use and sexual activity. And at the age of 23, she entered into this business. She worked at a strip club as a dancer. She hated every moment of it, but was in so much pain. It's almost like trying to medicate, trying to find her way out. How many know we can make a mess of things? Sometimes we can't clean up the things that we've messed up. And she would go to work at night as a stripper and just feel such shame. She would go into the bathroom, and she would, in a stall, just cry and beg for something to change in her. She was crying out for God, didn't know how to reach him. She told us that not long after she met a man, And she got out of the stripping business. They began to live together, had a couple kids together, still trying to figure out life. Got in an argument one night, and it was so heated. And he turned to her and said, you know what? We need to go to church. I heard there's a church called Healing Place Church. Then it hit her. 
She remembered when she was working at those strip clubs, there was a group from Healing Place, a group of ladies that came to her one night and gave her a rose. And a card attached to that rose said, hey, you matter to God, you matter to us, we love you, HPC. And at that moment, she felt hope begin to arise in her soul. She may have forgotten about God, but God never forgot about her. So the next morning, they woke up. That She said, we walked through the doors. Nobody even had to say a word to us, but we immediately felt the presence and the peace and the love of Jesus. And at that moment, God began to wash away all of the hurt. God began to heal her of all of her brokenness. And there was transformation, not just in her life, but in her entire family. And now she said, guess what she's doing now? She's a part of this church, and she's serving on our midnight outreach team. On Friday nights, she goes back into the places that she used to be, and she finds the girl she used to be, and she gives her a rose and say, she tells her, God loves you, and so do we. Come on, can I have a good amen? She said she ran into the manager that she used to work for. He couldn't even look her in the eyes. She had so much, just the goodness of God, she was glowing. I want to tell you this. You can't go back and change your yesterdays, but you can make a decision today to make sure that the rest of your days are the best of your days. Can I have a good amen? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.